What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, baby. Hello, my love. <sighs> still, still holding on to that one to start. I like it. I'm yeah. still into it. Yeah, feels good. Me too. Feels good. Feels <sighs> good. <clears throat> you know, it feels good. What? This fucking week feels good, man. Why does this week feel good? I'm on a feel good week. Oh, that's. Uh, feels good. Um, because, well, this has nothing to do with this podcast, but feels good because, and if you want to know more about this, tune into sick boy all next week. Um, Trikafta, this little miracle drug for CF patients has been officially approved or sent through for approval in Canada, which means that we are closer, a lot closer to a day where I can get my hands on this drug. And for people who aren't aware, this drug is, it's not quite a cure, but it's pretty fucking close. It's the next best thing. So it's a, it's a pretty like, uh, 
Got the news yesterday? No. Fuck, man. I don't even know. Like the, this week Couple is, days ago. Like, this week is just like, my mind's kind of like fucked. But yeah, I got the news a couple days ago and um, on Monday. That's right. They announced yeah. it on Monday. And, uh, and it still hasn't really sunk in, but it's like, it's really, really crazy that this is happening. Um, and you didn't mention to our listeners what what it is a cure for, so maybe we should oh, tell people well, about the if you the don't pimples know, on it, on. Well, hey, whoa, <laughs> oh no! What? What's it a cure for? Uh, it's a cure for cystic fibrosis. Well, it's not a cure, but it's a, it's a it's a. I mean, like long story short, it's a, it's a medication for people living with cystic fibrosis. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's what's called a precision med or a modular medication. And so instead of treating the symptoms of cystic fibrosis, it actually it's actually treating at the source. So it's it's basically a drug that sort of goes in and literally um like repairs your genes. Um whoa. So like the genetic mutation that I have in my body that makes my body suck so much. That is CF. Um, it goes in. It's, mm-hmm. It repairs those genes to a, to a point where uh, my body work, my body can function much more efficiently. And uh, and it, and in that, there's like crazy, crazy improvements that will happen all the way across the board. And actually, you know what? Here's a here's a little way I can tie this into Termion. So you know, the with with cystic fibrosis my lungs suck right i'm constantly my lungs are constantly filling with with fluids or mucus or asl airway surface liquid and and so that's like a breeding ground for bacteria where i'm you know constantly worried about getting severe lung infections um you can go get your charger while i while i say all this um uh my 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 organs are all fucked up. So like my pancreas doesn't produce the the enzymes that my body needs to break down foods. So I'm, you know, I take like 40 pills a day, every single day, just to just to, you know, maintain and and avoid malnutrition, uh, maintain body weight and whatever. Um, so there's all, and you know, there's all these weird things that happen in the body, but one of the big things is that nine, a huge percentage, like 97 or 98% of people with CF are, are infertile. And for, I, I'm not a doctor. Don't fucking quote me. If you are a doctor, turn me on podcast at gmail.com. You can correct me if you want. But what I, the way I, the, the way I, what I think it is, is that my, so I have sperm, but they're just trapped in my balls. And the and the the highway that my sperm would would use to get out of my my Johnson into a into a, a into a, a ripe and 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 hungry ovary, um, that highway is blocked up with with mucus. Basically, it's like it's like it's like it, it's it, the highway is closed, so there's no way to get through. Yeah. Now I don't I, of- I don't know this. I need to talk to a physician because I don't know this. But Trikafta might reverse that. So I've been going around Whoa. shooting loads with all willy-nilly. 
Yeah. Not having Get to worry it out about of your it. system while you can, because yeah, soon you're going to have to wrap it up. I might have to. So I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm going to have to look into it. Anyway, that's one. So that's one thing that happened this week that I'm fucking stoked about. He's going to live forever. Not stoked about that, but we'll see. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but then the other thing is today we got an email from somebody oh that exists oh who wants God. to be on the show. So we, for turn me on. So we got it. We had a, we had a guest a request to be a guest on the show. And I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want to jinx it because I want this to happen. But let's just say it is someone <laughs> who I am very familiar with. And when I say very familiar with, I mean, very familiar with a lot of this person's anatomy. And I have I have bacocked a lot of bacock. Uh, uh, <laughs> just by looking at this person and I am over the moon and giddy. And also, I don't know what to like. I don't you're know not if I'm allowed into this episode. You're I, not allowed I don't know. If I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle it. Like, I, I don't know how I'm going to be able to talk to this person without going. You have no idea how much I've bend over and you, show me your butthole. Uh, no, she, they don't need to. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I fucking know exactly what that butthole looks like. I am very familiar. I don't need to see it. I've seen it uh, more than most buttholes, and uh, and I'm I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk to this person because a so excited to put a face to that butthole. Oh my god! Well, no, I know the face too. Look, I know all. I know I've seen it all. all. Of the whole package. Anyway, I'm fucking well, I'm just so excited. What a great week you're having. <sighs> I know you're gonna live forever. You're gonna live forever. And you're gonna talk to somebody you've touched ta- off to a lot. Talk to one of my favorite buttholes. And, uh, yeah. and I'm in love. And I'm, I'm fucking in love. It's been a good week. That is great news. I've been having a really good week, too. Um, oh, and Donald, like, and Donald Trump isn't the fucking president anymore. Well, that's good news. I mean, fuck yeah. We're on the up and up. Sorry, I cut you off. I mean, I, I had to throw that in there because we haven't, you know, we're not a political podcast, but fuck that Cheeto dusted piece of shit. He's out. The fu- the uh, the older dudes in, we're we're a little better off than we were. Anyway, go ahead. Oh God, well, yeah, that's it. The, the world, the you know, there is something to it though. You know, for the amount of people on the planet, um, and especially close by to us that are, you know, feeling very relieved. Oh my God, I'd say. that's that's out there in the universe. That's making everybody's week a little better than it could be, could have mm-hmm. been. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I feel good as well. I feel like I've been doing a really good job at taking care of myself lately. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been, how have you been, uh, finding a routine? Are you like, what do you, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a routine. Um, I have several routines, but, um, uh, my each of my days are pretty much like consistent day to day. They include um, not always in this order, but frequently in this order. Uh, like wake up, some coffee, then I do some exercise, some meditation. Exercise might be like a lot of walking or running. I've been getting outside as much as possible, just knowing that probably lockdowns are coming and the winter is coming and we're going to be stuck in our houses and, and just like making sure that the weather's been amazing. And it was 20 um, degrees yesterday. 
Mm-hmm. Supposed to go to 25 today. Dude, I mean, my body is like, yes. My mind is like, this is not good. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the other things that I, I have been doing to take care of myself are, are I've been uh, masturbating a lot more. Cool. Um, and like really like mindfully, like really taking my time with it. Um, I read the other day, fuck, where was I reading this about clitoral or not clitoral, uh, cer- cervical orgasms. Um, uh, yeah. N- Nicole, I believe Nicole Dubell, our, uh, our friend who's been on the show a couple of times, I think she wrote that article. Are you, are you, did you are you talking right. about, are you talking like it was an article about, um, it was an article that I believe was that came out through Double Blind, and it was talking about cervical orgasms, and it was it was it, and it had a link with DMT. Are you talking yeah, about that article? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a one. Nicole, so I was reading Nicole about that, and that. I was like, "Well, I got to try to have one of these." Yeah, I remember that now. How does that um, work? Can you explain that to me? No, well, I haven't had one yet. Right, but like but. what? Like okay, I I get the idea of like a clitoral orgasm. Mm-hmm. And I get the idea of a G spot orgasm, and I also, from what I gather, the two are the two are the same thing. Like it's it's the the G spot is still the clitoris. Like the clitoris is this giant massive hidden thing massive inside. thing on the inside of you. Is the is the is the cervical is a cervical orgasm tied to the to the the overall um, build of the clitoris? I don't think so. Hmm. No, I think it's a separate thing. I, I mean, I don't know for sure, but it seems like it requires deep penetration hmm. um, and like sort of the same sort of like rubbing of the G-spot. It's like a similar, it seems like it's like a pressure-based like rubbing of the um, the cervix. And I guess the more aroused you get, the she was saying like, or maybe I read up on this after I read that article, but the more aroused you get, the sort of deeper the vagina becomes. So the cervix gets huh. further away from the opening is what I was gathering. So it re- does require some like deep penetration and a lot of concentration. Like I get that says the sensation is like a shower of stars. Oh, um, geez, that sounds pleasant. Yeah, and I feel like I've probably experienced that feeling before in orgasm, but I just just think of it as like a really strong orgasm. My right. suspicion is that I've had a cervi- cervical orgasm before, but just didn't know. Um, but I didn't know it. Right. So yeah, I was kind of like, I'm really into this idea that like I could extend the duration of my orgasms, but also like the um, just like the physiology. Like I feel like I could. I could like harness the power of my orgasms a little uh, more efficiently and uh, and joyfully, and so I've been I've been I've been taking time like taking a lot of time. Um, whenever I think about it, it's as something that's like this is worth like an hour of mm. my time for sure mm-hmm. is to go in and take some time for myself and try to figure this out. Um, so I've been really enjoying that, and as a result, I think. I don't know if it's that or if it's accumulation of all kinds of things, but my sex drive is in like way, way up. And some of our friends listening will be like, it's Scorpio season and it's the sexiest season. And that's when you get it on. But um, 
but I don't, uh, I don't know if that's because I don't want to think of it as a season. I want it to, I'm clinging. I'm like, I want to keep this for a long time, but it might be, it might just be the sort of the hold on, general. Just hold on. Does that, I, I look, I know I've been reading tarot lately and, and I, I've, I've, I've turned a bit of a corner when it comes to the woo woo to a degree, yeah. to a degree. Yeah. However, does that mean, is what you're saying mean like, oh, well, every, every November, everyone's going to get like, is it, does it, Scorpio season's every November, I'm guessing? Um, Must be. I am. Well, yes, I would imagine Scorpio season is the same every year. Um, I'm just looking for some, a survival guide to Scorpio season <laughs> by Allure.com. Okay. All right. Anyway. Um, it's the spookiest, sexiest, most controversial time of year. Huh. Running from October 23rd to November 22nd, Scorpio season is Halloween time, election day, and the birthday of millions of Scorpios hiding in dark corners of the world with their stingers poised to strike. Ooh. Ooh. It's a water sign. Water is the element that rules emotions, and Scorpio has plenty of them. Scorpios are intense mysterious, brooding, emotional, and sexual creatures who are not afraid to use their stinger. <laughs> if you have dated one or are one, you already understand that there is nothing chill at all about this sign. Even the most evolved Scorpios can still fall into a fit of jealousy over an ex's Instagram post. Okay. They are also, however, loyal, honest, and typically fantastic in bed. So huh. we have a lot of... Um, um, we have a lot of Scorpios in our lives. I have, I've always yeah. had a lot of Scorpios in my lives. Yeah. In my life. Yeah. I, do, yeah, I guess I don't, I actually don't know. I don't know that. Oh, actually. You, yeah. My friend Emily's a Scorpio, I guess. Yeah. And, and wow. Brit, fuck. And whoa. Jen. Actually, now that you say that everything you just read, that is my friend M. Mm-hmm. She let, she will use her stinger. She, what does she, that mean? How do you interpret that? Like, she's like a bit of like vengeful. I mean that in no. Not I mean vengeful. that in. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't should be talking talking about Emily on the uh, Emily on the show, but uh, I mean <laughs> that in the uh, she's she's a very she's very forward. She's very unfiltered. She's very she speaks her mind. She's a pretty sexually uh, charged human, <clears throat> and uh, yeah. What are you again? A, a Capricorn? I'm a Capricorn. Okay, so here is um, <clears throat> the the this is from Oprah Magazine, and it's by Chani Nicholas, who like all of the uh, woo lovers love. Cool. She's an ast- astrologist, and um, this is how each of the signs will be affected by uh, Scorpio season. So I'm just going to oh, okay, okay, you. You can okay. tell me what you think. Scorpio season focuses at least some of your attention on the connections that help you feel whole. Friends, communities, networks, and organizations that galvanize your spirit and psyche. What becomes obvious is that collective endeavors that lend your life a sense of meaning are, in fact, magic. Witches may live on the outskirts, but they always have a coven. Take note of yours, how to tend to it, and be patient with it. The most powerful spells are cast with the group's focused intention, care, and action. Huh. <coughs> what do you think? This Does is very, I, yeah, it's very interesting. Relevant? The, yeah, it is kind of relevant because the, uh, 
the word of the the word of the day these days for myself has been uh, patience. I've been working with the with the term patience a lot. Mm. Uh, so that is that's very interesting. Yeah, very interesting indeed. I'm into it. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, mine's pretty relevant too. Oh yeah, let's hear it. This is what it says: Don't let the ghosts of what you haven't yet gotten to haunt you. This is no time to play comparison bingo. Scorpio season wants you to focus on the goals that fuel you from the inside. Come the end of the month, the full moon highlights the innovative ways in which you need to break down big projects into bite-sized pieces. Mm. Don't be afraid of changing up your schedule or adding a new routine. Conversations that you find revelatory also come quickly. Take notes as these kinds of messages don't come around every day. Okay. So yeah, I feel like that. <coughs> I feel like I feel good. I don't know. That I just interpret that as as feeling good. good. But yeah, if you want to check out your own sign, it's it's just going over to OprahMag.com Oprah. or Google this Scorpio season brings a blue moon and unearths the mysteries of our lives by Chandy Nichols. Very cool. Um, cool. Well, things are good. Things are going good. It's nice to hear this. Uh, you know, I think, uh, sometimes we bring our gloom and doom onto the show with our, if we're having a bad week and I feel like we're having a really great week. This is really good. I like this. This is really good. Hey, uh, let's read a, well, have, before we do, there's something that I wanted to say, <clears throat> um, oh. uh, to you, but also to our listeners. Um, so, you know, our, our friends over at Intamo Pleasurables, um, yeah. we, we, we've done ads for them on the show. Uh, and full disclosure, what I'm about to say is not a paid ad. Um, although, although they have put ads on our show, uh, but because through that partnership, I've actually like come to really fall in love with the whole crew over at Intamo. And, um, and I just want to give them a quick little shout out because they, uh, they recently opened up a boutique, like a sex store. Yeah. Now they're on the West coast. Sorry, go ahead. I was looking at their toys yeah. earlier today in bed while I was drinking oh, my coffee. Oh, really? Well, I think you're going to th- hear what I say pretty interesting. Uh, <laughs> they've, uh, they've, they've, got a, they've got a sex shop uh, that they opened up, and they are, they're Canadian. They're on the west coast of Canada. And uh, I just want to say, <clears throat> you know, we had, we had Zoe uh, uh, Ligon on the show. We were talking about her sex store uh, located in, in the U.S., um, and, you know, great fucking great store. They're doing awesome shit. I feel like Intamo Pleasurables Boutique is kind of like Canada's version of Zoe's shop. Um, oh, cool. they're, they are, they're really awesome. Uh, they have a focus on women, queer, and BIPOC-owned products only. Um, mm. And they and on top of that, they're selling their own lube out of their store. And if you've listened to the ads in the past or you heard anything from the past... Their lube is fucking amazing, and I love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, so I implore you to go check them out on Instagram, Intamo Pleasure Boutique. Um, but uh, I bought a toy from them. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the first toys that I've ever bought. Um, uh, for you? It, so uh, yes and no. It's, 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 it's for me to use, but not to use on me. Um, okay. I bought a, I bu- so what I bought was, it's called La Wand. It's a bit, it's, it's kind of, it's a bit pricey. It's a little bit, it's kind of bougie. It's like a bougie version of the wand, the Hitachi. 
And what's it called? It's called Le Wand. <laughs> it's petite, called Le Wand. Petite Massager. Le Wand. Okay. Um, and so it's, it came in, uh, came in about a month ago and I've been using it. Uh, I've been using it with um, with my partner, and I just want to say this thing is, I, it's great. It's, yeah. It's yep. It's awesome. It's nice and like it's it's small. It's nice yeah. and like yeah. It's not it, <clears throat> you know it's a little it's it's much smaller than like the Hitachi. It's right. very pretty. It's very pretty looking. It is pretty. It's like pink. Yeah. Yeah. I got the yeah. I got the rose gold one. Um, yeah. Is very pretty. It's uh, apparently, I mean, I can't speak for the feeling of it, but from what I've heard is that it, it has a pretty good uh, strength of vibration. It's not okay. super loud, which is kind of nice. You know, if you're, if you're someone who has roommates or something and you want to keep it discreet. Um, and yeah, so anyway, I've been having a lot of fun with it. And I just want to say thank you in Tamo uh, for, for also thank you for, they were really sweet. They they also gave me some more lube with it. So it was very, very sweet of them. Um anyway, just wanted to say my little my little review of the Le Wand Petite Massager is uh That's I think it's so I'm having a lot of fun. So with good it. to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um so if you're looking to spice things up in the in the bedroom with a with a with a pal and you want to use a toy on someone, go check that one out. Oh man, I haven't bought a new toy. So I was looking at they they have these um like I guess they're dildos. Um the ones that are but, shaped ex- like t- identical to the inside of a vagina? Yeah. Yeah, those look cool, eh? They look like myself as a teenager would have wanted to collect yeah. all these. This is like one with yeah. butterflies printed on it, you know, one with that looks like a lava lamp. Well, yeah, here I can like, actually, uh, if you're, if you're, if you go to patreon.com slash turn me on, you can actually see what we're talking about here um, uh, because we are now recording uh, video recording all of our episodes. Uh, I'm going to bring this, uh, this little, this little ditty up here because it's, it's a, it's a really cool toy. And here's the other thing about that toy specifically, bride. It's called a a a Jolette, a Jolette, yeah. Jolette. Um, yeah. When I so I I DM'd uh, the the gang over at in, in Tamo Pleasurables before I made my purchase, and uh, they were so kind as to as to kind of walk me through what what I might be interested in, um, and so <clears throat> they they were talking about the Le Petite, Le Petite Wand massager, um, but also uh, they were saying that this, the Gillette is like a big hit. You can okay. see it here. It's like, it's so basically it's, it's uh, what does it say? It's intuitive shape designed to fit the vagina perfectly. Standing at 7.5 inches tall, the Gillette is sure to become a favorite. The penis-like head widens to a 1.8 diameter bulge. Uh, designed for G-spot stimulation. The shaft then tapers gradually into two clitoral stimulating ridges at the bottom. I think what they did was they like, and you know, everybody's body is different, but I think the idea behind it is that it's like, it's been, it's been shaped like identical to the inside of a vagina. 
mm-hmm. um, which is like apparent. So anyway, uh, according to the review from the folks at Intamo, they were like, this thing is the bees fucking knees feel so good. And look how like pretty these are. Like, you know, you got all these pretty designs. They're really, yeah. uh, they're really cool. I know. That's I've, what I'm saying. Like as a teenager, I was like, these are like, yeah. these hippie designs. This one like, here is awesome. The, the leopard print one. Like, I guess that's leopard yeah. print, right? Like that's, oh, fuck, that's so cool. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, uh, pleasureboutique.com uh, <laughs> if you want to check that out or just go to uh, Pleasure Boutique on Instagram. Uh, that was not a paid ad. That's, it is literally my love for them. That is all it is. So, so if you're trying to support Canadian and you want to support, mm-hmm. um, you want to support women, queer and BIPOC owned products, that's where you get it. Um, yeah, th- these, um, these Gillette's, uh, that we're talking about, they are actually, all of the products are made in Arizona, um, and there, this is what it says on the Antamo Pleasurable Boutique dot com website. It says Luzart, I guess is the name of the creator. Luzart is a woman owned business and all of her products are made in Arizona. So that's kind of nice. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll be supporting Canada and you'll be supporting uh, women and and or queer or BIPOC. Everybody <clears throat> loves good neighbors. Mm hmm. Uh, yo, let's read that. Let's read that uh, that brain boner that we can't really answer now because it got answered it's on been its answered. own. Um, yeah, this is. I just. I was gonna segue from the great week that you and I are having yeah. into the great week that this listener is having. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So they originally reached out just after Scorpio season began on October twenty fourth, <laughs> and uh, very telling. The subject. <laughs> The subject of this email, um, I'm just checking. I'm not going to say her name. Subject of this email, brain boner. I've got a COVID lockdown crush on my roommate. Hello, you wonderful people. My heart's all a flutter. My brain's tangled and confused, and I need your help. My new roommate moved in two months ago. We didn't know each other beforehand. He came from Montreal to finish the last year of his master's program. I moved to Gatineau a year ago and don't know many people in the area. I found him on Kijiji thinking we'd get along. Well, Mm. I was right. Mm -hmm. We get along really well. Too well, in fact. We spend night after night having these deep, wonderful conversations. He's smart, emotional, understanding. I'm comfortable opening up to him. He makes me laugh. We sit on the couch next to each other, slowly moving closer, leaning in. Our arms or hands or feet will touch for a second and sparks fly. We pull back. It's like being in junior high when you're so scared to make a move. To complicate things even more, our city has been on full lockdown for three weeks and probably will be for months to come. He still goes out into the world every day to use the rehearsal space on campus, but I'm working from home. He's pretty much the only person I get to see. The few friends I have in the city have families and bubbles that I understandably can't be included in. I feel like I can't trust these feelings. Like they might be coming up because I'm so isolated. On the other hand, if they are real, how the heck do I pursue a relationship with someone I already live with? With love. Okay. So, I mean, so that one you know, in, that's it, October 20th. Like, I, I just want to say, I just want to say if that like if that if we just got that and that was the only brain boner. Yeah. My answer would have been 
Try it out. Jump those bones. Yeah, try it out. See what happens. <laughs> okay, but then we got this response uh, on October 29th, a <laughs> full uh, five days later. <laughs> <laughs> That's I didn't even, I uh, didn't even see the dates. That's fucking great. <laughs> Re regarding the brain boner, I've got a COVID lockdown crush on my roommate. Never mind, I'm just horny. <laughs> so the roommate left on Saturday to visit his family for the week. My neighbor invited me over for dinner. We had some wine, danced bachata. I don't know what that means. Danced bachata and hooked up. It was exactly what I needed. He made me squirt, which I had no idea was possible for me. I was so into it that at one point I fell out of bed and lightly fractured my wrist. Jesus Didn't stop Christ. us for long. The neighbor isn't looking for anything serious, which is perfect. The whole experience has reminded me how important physical touch and sex are in my life. I feel calmer, more grounded, more confident. When I don't have it in my life, I can be too impulsive with my emotions. I'm not closing the door completely on the roommate crush, but I feel like I can examine it much more rationally now. Take care. So that was almost two weeks ago. I feel like we need another update. Uh, it, well, hopefully they're listening <clears throat> and, uh, and we get an idea um, of what, <laughs> what, what, you know, what maybe, maybe now, maybe the roommate came back and she was like, yeah, I was, uh, I was just horny, but uh, hey, do you want to fuck now too? Like, who knows? I don't know, mm-hmm. but that's uh, it's really exciting. Uh, do you want to, do you want to know what the bachata is? Do you want to see the bachata? Yes. Please tell me what the bachata was. Right, is. So here is, and again, turn me on. Uh, on Patreon, patreon.com slash turn me on. If you want to see the bachata uh, right now. Show me the bachata. This is the oh. bachata. Here we go, ready? <clears throat> I mean, that would get, that would make me squirt. <clears throat> Look at that shit. Well, yeah, like there's so much hips in that. Oh, yeah. I could just feel Ooh. that. Like, Ooh, just, I like, like little... that. I like that move there. The... <clears throat> this is nice. Where's the bachata come from in the, in the world? I'm going to guess uh, some sort of Portuguese or Spanish country. Yeah. Where bachata. does bachata come from? Dominican Republic. Uh, am I totally wrong on that? That's what Wikipedia says. Right. What, but what, uh, what, what, what's, uh, what's the native tongue in Dominican Republic? Uh, question. Uh, hang on. Please hold. Bachata is a genre of, of Latin American music that originated in the Dominican Republic. <clears throat> in the first half of the 20th century, with primarily Spanish influences and almost also remnants of indigenous and African musical elements, representative <laughs> of the cultural diversity of the Dominican Republic population. So there you go. That's it's a pretty uh, uh, it's a pretty yeah, diverse the, uh, like, spot. Span- Spanish is the official yeah, language. Cool. It's cool. you know it's Very funny sexy. we we just uh, we just uh, this recording will come out uh, I don't know sometime down the road but we just got off uh, we just got off a recording before this with a uh, sex and relationships therapist <clears throat> and one of the things that she was saying was that relationships are like a dance and mm. dancing is hard if you don't know how to dance and i really liked that analogy because yeah relation like if you, relationships are hard if you don't know how to communicate uh, if you don't know how to relationship and um and when i see dancing like that i always look at that and go ooh i'll never be able to do that but then i look at our relationship and you know like 10 years ago i would have said polyamory ooh i'll never be able to do that 
But it just takes time and just takes practice and it just takes And it just takes a few bachata lessons before you two can be squirting your way into neighborly bliss. Squirting and breaking your wrist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. Okay. So, so, so I think it's fair to say that Scorpio season is um, all about... Um, getting, just getting all of those, sorting the emotions from the sexual impulses mm. and at least just being able to go, well, you know, it's Scorpio season. So yeah, it makes sense. <clears throat> well, let's, uh, also let's... there are some people that don't like to dance. Do you know that? Yeah. Yeah. There's some people that don't like music. So, you know, fuck those people. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, let's talk. Let's let's show to these this conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Uh, so uh, we're gonna check to our con- our conversation here with our guests Riley and Cameron. They are a uh, they are a power couple, uh, a couple out of the uh, the good old United States of America in the state of Oregon, and they are both sex workers who work individually, but also work together. Um, and we had a lovely conversation with the two of them about their work, how they got into their work, uh, the ins and outs of the work that they do, and how it has played a role in their relationship dynamics. It was a really cool conversation. So uh, without further ado, here's our conversation with Riley and Cameron. This has been a long time in, in the making. I'm just going to check our first conversation. Actually, our first conversation started in, at the end of August, so that's not actually that that far away. It feels, it feels a long way. It yeah. does. In quarantine feel, time, it's like, wasn't it yeah. a year ago? Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like a month, I mean, like since March, I feel like the span of a month feels like the span of... A decade. Yes. And, and like, and every month is just getting longer and longer. Yes. Um, we were, I mean, we were just talking, uh, Riley and Cameron, we were just talking before, before the mic started rolling about, uh, you're calling from, um, uh, Portland, Oregon mm-hmm. and a uh, very interesting time in the U S right now. We were just, just discussing, um, uh, as we're recording this, I think we're, we're there's still no, uh, uh, settlement on on who has won the u.s presidential election um what what a what a what a dumpster fire of a situation (laughs) exactly uh but you know what that's not what our podcast is about our podcast (laughs) is about sex and relationships and and sexuality and i know i i I generally don't know a goddamn thing coming into these recordings about what we're talking about but i do i think and i i better i hope i got this right because if i don't i'm i'm probably gonna have my foot in my mouth i believe uh the two of you cameron and riley are um are partners together but also work together right and are also sex workers yeah Yeah. so we are partners in real life and we were partnered before we both entered sex work 
And we、Ooh. work as sex workers together and individually. So we started first as professional dominatrixes, and then we also transitioned or expanded into doing companionship and escorting work. And we do that, as I said, both individually and together at different times.、Whoa. Okay, so I, I, Bridie, I mean, you go ahead.、Uh, I have a, I have tons of questions.、Uh, <laughs> well, can we, can we take it back to、um, like what basically? You know, when Jeremy and I started this podcast, it was we were really fascinated by people's like origin stories. Was one、mm-hmm. one thing we used to ask people a lot about.、Um, you know, people would say, "How did you know? How did you guys end up doing a sex podcast、uh, or, or being in a polyamorous relationship?" And my inclination would be like, "Well, back when I was six years old, I, <laughs> you know, because I feel like." It is a it's a cumulative thing that happens after like just the way experience shifts and bends you, where you end up.、Um, and so I I wonder if you would as as、um, if you're comfortable with it take take us back to sort of your origin stories and how how you were、um, formed in such a way to be inclined to get into sex work. Yeah,、um, Riley and I have been together for. Lifetimes. About five years. It, you could count it as lifetimes,、um, just depending on <laughs> all the stuff we've been through together.、Um, we started、um, doing sex work together because we,、um, you know, we found ourselves in this place of the idea of like necessity breeds ingen- ingenuity, right?、Um, we、um, we're we're both like very educated people. Who are highly, often overqualified for a lot of the positions that we could work in, in if we were looking to work in capitalism. And we were sitting one night, and we were just like, "Wow, you know,、um, what are the ways in which, despite our degrees, despite all of our previous work and how long our CVs are, what can we do that offers the world that makes us feel?" Like we are offering something that is healing, that is that makes us feel good in our hearts, and、mm. that's、um, what led us into. Because previous to this, we were already polyamorous, we were already kinky, we were already, you know, many of the other things that we offer. But we were like, what what ended up happening down the line is is that we actually ended up commodifying our relationship, if you will. Yeah. And that's had its its setbacks. That's had its privileges. That's had such beautiful outcomes.、Um, so I'm not going to say it's all good. It sometimes it's hard,、um, but that's what we've chosen to do, and it's been very like we've been very successful in doing that because even when we first met, you know, we people. Tagged us and saw us as a power couple, and so we were like, "Okay, well, how do we help spread this energy into the world?" Yeah, when we met,、um, we met at what would you call it a a spiritual intensive, if you will, that was out in the woods for like a week, where you kind of create、uh, an intentional community for a week. You do a lot of ri- earth based ritual and other stuff, and we kind of found ourselves orbiting around each other and just hanging out a lot. And 
people would be like, God, you got, did you guys come together? Like, like how long have you guys been together? And we'd be like, how long do you think? They'd be like, I don't know, like 10 years or five years. I'm like we've known each other two days, two days. <laughs> and that's, so that was like the level of connectivity before any of this became part of the picture. Um, and as Cameron was mentioning, you know, we both had worked multiple different forms of professional jobs. Like we're kind of tired of the 40 hour a week grind and we're just looking for something that was more interesting and more satisfying and more curious for us. Um, for me, I'm a, I'm also a lover of stories and like wide variety of experiences. And so like, Cameron was much more open to it than I was. Like I had some tra- some previous trauma in my life that I had to kind of like get over and really sit with to be like, oh, could I do this? Could I not? And I just kind of went into it with a sense of curiosity. But more than anything, I was like, that sounds fucking fascinating. Like, let's go, <laughs> mm-hmm. let's go check that out. And also this determination of like, well, what skill sets do we have that would allow us to serve people, have fun and make money without requiring like a huge output of energy and time, which the average job does. Mm. You know, though, though, to put a plug for other sex workers, uh, sex work is work. Actually, (laughs) we were, we were, we thought that it was going to be like, oh, we won't have to work that hard and we'll just get to make a bunch of money. But we've found ourselves like now we run our own business and mm-hmm. we actually probably work more than the average person if you count all the time and investment that we have in the process. Um, but we, the idea stemmed from just trying not to sit behind a desk for 40 hours a week. Um, we still probably put in at least that much work every week because now we run our own business. Um, mm-hmm. And we see clients and we have to market and we have to do all these other things. Um, but it, it's much more fulfilling than feeling like you're just clocking in and clocking out and sitting behind a desk. And so that's what keeps us energized about it. Turn me on podcast. We'll be back after this short break. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So when, when you began, was the, the dominatrix, um, the, was that the route that you both individually took first? And then, and then like from that, how did you, how did you come to the idea to like work together as a, as a team? Well, we did both. So yes and yes. So we started with the dominatrix work cause we already had plenty of kink based experience and experience around consent. And I think both of us, you know, it was like kind of like a, we weren't, we didn't know what it was going to be like, right? Like you hear a lot of different types of stories around sex work that, you know, some are really great stories. Some are really terrible. Many of them Mm -hmm. are like dependent upon like the relative privilege of the sex worker themselves and the type of work that they're engaging in. And so it seemed natural, like, when you work as a dominatrix, there's already an understood built-in power dynamic that I think felt safer for us at first. Um, certainly for me, as someone who had experienced sexual-based trauma like earlier in my life, like that felt much safer to me. Um, but we already started working together from the beginning. Like we would take individual clients, but the offering of the two of us as like double doming someone was a thing from the beginning. It wasn't something that we segued into. It was, oh, I see. this okay. was a project that has had many forms, but it's always included like three elements. Like you can see Cameron alone, you can see Riley alone, or you can see both of us or some combination therein. You can see one of us for a little while and then the other person can come in. Like it really Mm. is dependent upon like the needs, desires, fantasies of the person that we're in service to at that moment. Mm. I really love um, your website. Um, I think I was perusing it and just sort of marveling how it was all of the things that I would want if I were looking for a sex worker, like it's clear, it's, 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 your language is very accessible and, um, friendly and encouraging and, um, beautiful imagery as well. So as from a business standpoint, it it seems like what's out there is a really great representation of what you do. How, how, how can you have a, a website for this kind of work out there in the world when it's not really allowed, you know, like when it's, Um, yeah, we did, you know, this, it was an interesting thing if you, if you if we look back on how did this seed grow into something bigger um it started out as just like conversations between the two of us um at the time we were living in a place where we didn't have a lot of work opportunities as i was saying earlier like because we were like really overqualified for a lot of the positions that were available in the place that we were living and so we were like, how can we get 
creative? How can we figure out, you know, maybe entrepreneurship is actually like the best place for us to go based on our past skills and based on what we have just in our personal lives. And so when we we would sort of sit and couch talk about it, um, pillow talk about it, just like, what would it be like if we, it, it actually like started out, honestly, it was like, Maybe we could sell dirty panties on the internet. <laughs> that was like, that was the first yeah. thing. That's I for a like lot that's of people. That's how it starts for a mm-hmm. lot of people. Yeah, it's like, like yeah, wait, it's like, someone oh, would I, pay I, me for my dirty underwear. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can I can sell dirty underwear for fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah, not even have to yeah. like not even have to and be honestly, there for the transaction. That's great. We're still open to it, but I can't say we've ever actually sold a single pair of dirty <laughs> underwear. That being said, yeah, that being said, I have sold a pair of dirty socks to a foot fetishist that was like a great beloved client in new Orleans who had to move North, stay with some friends in Mississippi. Then COVID happened. And just like when he came as a client, like, first of all, I want to say that like clients who fully own like who they are, what they love and their kinks, like so much, I have so much love and respect for them. Like this guy came in and he was just like, I want you to like, not not change your socks or your shoes for like three days like that's what he wanted from me (laughs) and he was just like oh he just like couldn't get enough of it which you know it might not be my kink as the person to receive you know like like i I, Mm -hmm. i'm not like a foot bottom you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah but like just to watch someone be able to fully and authentically be themselves (laughs) i think is really what people get out of their work with us. And so when COVID happened, we decided to leave New Orleans um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, but so we moved back to the Pacific Northwest and we I was still in contact with this client and he was just like, oh, I met, you know, he's like, I'm, I miss our session so much. They meant so much to me. And I was like, well, I could send you dirty socks and you can jerk off to them or something. Or I think we even made some video. We don't usually make video content. It's not usually our thing. But um, for this particular client, we decided to, you know, make homemade video content for him so that he could at least have that. Because where he was staying, there was there really wasn't going to be any access for him to get yeah. his needs met around that stuff. Right. So no dirty panties quite yet. Like you can you can email us about it. We're totally yeah. down to do it. <laughs> but uh, dirty socks have been done. Uh, yeah. yeah. And hey, if you're putting it out there, <clears throat> I also uh, email me if you want some of my dirty panties. I will, <laughs> I will gladly sell them. That's I'm totally done. So yeah. so yeah, like. Th- we get a little tangential, so I, I will warn you that in like the early stages of this. But to, to answer your question of like, how did we get a website? Um, mm. It was because we restrained ourselves for a bit of time. Like we didn't just like decide to be sex workers and throw up an aerosat, or decide to be sex workers and like go on to Trist and put ourselves out there. We actually spent months and months of research around what does it look like to be professional to be safe, to know what to look for. Um, and part of that was to create a really good website and to make your, like to create screening tools and to create ways in which we could keep ourselves safe and keep doing the work. Because if in sex work, you come across law enforcement, um, via a client or via yourself, like it's all over. 
And so there's high stakes at the beginning. And, and so we spent a lot of time and a lot of intention in creating our first ProDom website, um, had professional photo shoots and launched it all at the same time. Once we felt like we had a repertoire of information and screening tools and a professional website to feel comfortable enough to enter the work. Yeah. What I would add to that is, so when we talk to clients, you know, some clients really, they get, they get it that like we have a lot of skin in the game as sex work providers. And they're like, Oh, of course you would need personal information (laughs) on me to make sure I'm not a cop or make sure I'm not like going to come kill you or something. But like those, some people are hesitant and we, we try to communicate to them that this is actually for mutual safety. Like it's in both of our best Mm -hmm. interests because you don't want to be seen a sex worker who doesn't do screening. Cause then like, you know, they might have involvement with law enforcement or, or something like that. And so, um, you all have seen our most recent website, which kind of fused the kind of companionship, sacred intimacy, escorting with, professional dominatrix work but it's so we started with one pro dom site and um we transitioned between those and entered into escorting because as much as we love the creativity and the beauty of doing pro dom work it's also a lot of work you know like we had a friend uh of ours who was a performance artist and she said wait a second someone tells you what they want you write the script, you act it, you direct it, and you improv it. And we're like, yeah, all in an hour. She was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, like this, that's what we do. That's exactly mm. what we do. But it's also that's a lot of work. And so when we're moving into escorting work was more about, like, how could we just be ourselves more mm-hmm. rather than playing a role? You know, like I'm happy to play a role. It's fun. It's like playtime creativity for adults. But like, I don't want to be someone different for every scene every time I have to work. That's a lot of code switching in your soul. And we were just like, how do we just show up and be like our kind of like bubbly, intellectual, jokey, irreverent selves? And that's what birthed us moving into escorting work. And how's that going? Like it's you going, just moved. So, and, and yeah. like it takes some time. I imagine to build up your, your reg, your regulars or the people that are going to come back and, or, or you move to a new place and people have to find you for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like how, how's this going? It's been interesting. I mean, there's been obviously, I think for every sex worker, there is like such a COVID complication and some people have done different things about that. Some people have gone, into like full, you know, video content. Some people have just completely been on hiatus until COVID is over. And other people have done like a a middle ground, which is where we're at. Um, We actually have still some very loyal clients from the South, um, extending from Mississippi through Louisiana and into Texas. as well as some people who've picked us up from New York and other places. Um, I have a very dear client in Wisconsin, actually, who we are all still in very good contact with. COVID is like requiring us to be a little bit more um, 
like just a little bit more cautious, a little bit more hesitant. And so then meeting people in Portland since we've been here has been interesting because the Pacific Northwest is, is a much more um, closed off, sort of quiet society than the South is in a different way. And so we've continued to be successful. It's just had to be in a different way than we were in New Orleans because when we were in New Orleans and COVID wasn't a thing, um, you know, people will travel to New Orleans all the time and they would become Mm. our clients because they would come in from other places. So we still have this like continuous flow of people from other places in the world who we get flexible on, whether that's sending the video content and socks to them or whether that's um, they plan a trip to Portland to come see us because they enjoy us so much or whether that's because people from New Orleans fly us back to New Orleans to see mm-hmm. them for several days. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, one of our dear clients in Texas has like reached out to us and said, I would love to see you guys again. I'm just waiting for coronavirus to be over so that um, – either I can fly up here or you can come to Dallas and it would be really great because I miss you guys. So it's, it's a strange time to just, you know, for everyone, regardless of the industry that you're in to say, mm. how are things going for you? It's mm. like, well, yeah. you know, it, it's going and we just have to be flexible about it. Yeah. It, it's basically added like an additional layer of screening. Like you ask somebody kind of like what their practices have been around COVID prevention and quarantine and we share Mm -hmm. hours, it could mean taking a certain amount of time between each client to make sure that no one's symptomatic, Mm -hmm. could be temperature checking, you know, anything that you would do anywhere else, because you're going to be seeing people in person, you know. Um, So that's one part of it. And then mm, I would also add to it like the, you know, as Cameron mentioned, the cultural demographic is different. So in the Pacific Northwest and places like Portland and Seattle and even as far south as San Francisco, like certain things are not really like taboo, like queerness Mm. or transness or something like that. It's much less taboo, which means that it's, you know, it's in less demand, I guess you could say. Like as a, as a trans-bodied sex worker in New Orleans, which that and outside of the rest in the rest of Louisiana is mostly Catholic, you know, being a trans feminine person was highly, highly marketable, huh. you know, as well as like for Cameron, like offering certain types of play that maybe clients couldn't have in their long-term marriages or something, but they wanted to do it with a cis femme presenting person. Like Mm. it's a very just different culture, Mm. you know, where, so yeah, it's just different. Like I was, for me personally, like I was basically a lot of dudes gateway to their queerness Mm. in New Orleans they might not articulate it that way, but that's what I would call it. And you as well. In, in yeah, a different way. I mean, I think there's, there's like, you know, people who are queer informed and who understand what it means to be queer. And that doesn't mean that you have to be trans. Like, there's still just like different ways in which throughout, you know, our puritanical culture in America, which is highly based on western religion and you know men and women being together and having sex in a very specific way 
um, people had longings, regardless of where we were in the country, people had longings to um, not, you know, for men, always not having to be masculine or not always having to be the person who was penetrating someone, not always having to be the person who had to figure out what the romantic situation was going to be and lay out rose petals and make a whole story about it every time they wanted to have sex. Sometimes those people wanted to just like lay back and have someone worship them. Maybe they wanted to be penetrated. Maybe they wanted to have a certain experience that when you enter into a dynamic of a cishet marriage, that that might not be available because of the shadow work that hasn't been done on both sides of those people. And so um, because there's such a spectral experience of queerness, um, some people needed to see me like by myself and other people like would go straight to Riley for different reasons. Um, because I think the ways in which they were processing their trauma around their sexuality and around their desires, because you can still be straight and want to get fucked and that's okay. You don't have to be gay or trans or whatever, just to like want to have a prostate massage, but that's Mm -hmm. not a conversation in, in, in common, you know, cishet relationships. And so people would come to us for various reasons. Sometimes they would need to see Riley's feminine body with, you know, as some of our clients say, a little something extra. And sometimes they would need to come to me because they saw me as a woman who was providing them a service of giving them a prostate massage or exploring what it looked like for me to be the dominant person in the relationship. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Something I'm really curious about um, is so like Bridie and I, you know, we, uh, um, uh, we've, we work together now. Uh, there was a time in our lives where we tried working together in a different capacity and it was, uh, it was a fucking nightmare. Um, <laughs> we had some fun, but it was, it was also, it was also, uh, uh, not the greatest. Um, and, uh, and, but now, you know, we found this podcast together and, and this is actually really lovely and we have a lot of fun doing this together. And it's like, in, in, in many ways, it's actually brought us like, um, it's brought us much closer together in ways that maybe perhaps before the podcast, we, we would never have really, um, maybe not, not never, but, but like would have had a more challenging time finding our way, navigating our way into that realm of, of being, um, feeling closer in, in those like certain ways. Um, as, as a couple who, who work together in the realm of, of providing a service to others, uh, specifically sex work. Ha- has that like, have you noticed how that's changed your dynamic together as a sexual and, and intimate couple? Has it like, has it, you know, is it, um, is it one of those things where it's like when you want to be intimate together outside of work, it's like, oh, but that's kind of work, you know, like what, like it's, it's hard to separate work from, from like the personal life in the bedroom that you have together. Um, 
I don't know. I think that's a, it's a really like nuanced question. So let's just kind of like see where it goes. Ooh. But for me, like sex work. So when I do sex work with someone, I can feel very fond for them. I can, I feel like it's very sacred mm-hmm. and I can or can't find them attractive. Depends on the person, but that's completely different than the type of attraction that I feel for my partner. So there is a very clear differentiation um, between work and home. Um, And we're all human. We have finite energy and, you know, we can be tired or not always available, which is really no different than being in a relationship anyway, where you might be in different places at different times. And some people, one person might want to fuck and one person doesn't or, you know, whatever. Um, and we have a lot of other life circumstances that kind of, um, like we've just got a lot of spinning plates, shall we say in our lives. And so it can be kind of hard and I wouldn't, I wouldn't attribute it all to sex work. Um, I would say like the ways that sex work has brought us together. And I want to expand it beyond just like our sexual relationship. Cause I think that's just like a very small part of it. Of course. Um, some of the beauties and like increased intimacy of doing this work together and collaborating, um, like it's had different stages, like initial talks about desires and boundaries i mean that's increased intimacy honesty truth like this you get to see me for who i am what i'm good good about what i'm not good for etc um it was basically like having professional poly talk or something like that you know and you get to know each other more deeply and different things come up like we had different boundaries uh about what we would and wouldn't do in sex work at the beginning than we have now you know, and a lot of that had to do with trust with mm. like expanding trust between us and not feeling frightened. Um, we've also gotten to like really hone how we work well together as a couple. Like, like Cameron is very visionary um, and it receives a lot of like inspirational sort of downloads, but then like kind of spits them out. And then it's kind of like, well, how do we make that reality? And then like Mm. that, and then I'm really good at that part. Like I'm not necessarily coming up with the big ideas all the time, but I was like, I can manifest that and make that happen. Like I can totally show you how to do that. And so we've gotten to do a lot of creative development work together that most couples don't do. And we just, I don't know, we kind of like became, it's one of the ways that you become an organism, you know, Mm. in a relationship. Um, What I feel like I've been talking a while. What would you yeah, say? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say like at the beginning, you know, for as much research and intention that we had around the ways in which we created our initial like pro-dom business, um, it had, it, it was always fluid. It was always like, how's this going for you? How's it going for us? Uh, you know, are we sharing the work equally? Um, and so we had that separate, you know, let's say we owned an accounting business or something. Um, it would be no different because when you are in partnership and you are also coworkers, um, as dry as that sounds, I don't mean it to be, but, um, you know, you have, there's still a certain part of the business and the marketing and the other things that you have to do that create 
like this organismal thing. And it's always for anybody who has ever operated a small business, you cannot just throw something out and then never change it and never expand on it and never readdress. Is this still working for us? Are people still coming to us? Do we still have, you know, a good marketing scheme? And so for the last three years, we've had to just be constantly reassessing that back and forth and back and forth. Mm. And that's both interpersonal as well as just, you know, like very like dry and, um, you know, cerebral around what, what do our numbers look like? How's our marketing looking, et cetera. Um, and so at least for the interpersonal stuff, we have created certain rituals and certain boundaries for our life because what happens, especially when you work in business together as, as partners is like, how do you ever turn that off? How do you ever stop answering emails when you're on a date? Mm. How do you Mm -hmm. ever feel like, Oh, you know, Riley, you went on a date and I've been home and then you come home and then we are supposed to click back into your relationship. So we have certain practices around how and when we answer emails, how and when we do marketing. And we've basically carved out time for ourselves during certain days, taken certain days and said, we're not going to take clients on these days because we need to spend time together to reinvigorate our relationship. And we need to have a certain level of ritual around if we are working separately. And, and I would say that goes even when we're working together, like how do we bring down the idea that we are coworkers or business partners and shift back into just being humans together, which, you know, to be honest, isn't that much different than we are in, in our sex work life. But, and and that's what makes it hard for us to sometimes differentiate. And then it feels like, wow, all we've been doing all week is working and we haven't really connected individually and together around our relationship that we have come to market. Hmm. The last thing I'd say, you mentioned, you're, you, know, you, le- you led the question with like, how has it affected your sex life? I would say that like the one way that it's affected our sex, like more, more around kink and BDSM is that when we are working with a client in that realm, we're almost always topping or, or doming. And so it takes a lot of energy. And so we've kind of had this ongoing thing of like, which of us has the spoons to be top? you know <laughs> and like there'll be yeah. times when we're both tired and be like i can't do it like me neither do you want to just like jerk off next to each other or something like there's been a lot of that yeah, sometimes yeah. where it's like we try not to keep tabs on it but it, like that's one challenge where it's like as i mentioned before as humans we just have finite energy sometimes yeah and when we are using that in service to other people um, we might not always have it readily available for each other when we would prefer. And that's Ooh. just, it just comes with the territory and something that we've tried to work with or I don't know, try to get creative with, but it's, it, it moves around. We've, and we've made it work. Ooh. We've made it work. We don't feel more disconnected because of the fact that we work together. It's just, mm-hmm. 
sometimes jerking off next to each other is like really awesome and it like doesn't require a lot of output and a lot of implements or anything else it's just sort of like awesome it's kind of deliciously selfish as well you don't have to (laughs) (laughs) um i have a question um about uh shadow work it was something that jumped out at me from your email because it's a term that i've been hearing more and more of but i we've actually never talked to anybody on this show about that and uh, Mm -hmm. i would love to hear from your from your own minds, what, what is shadow work, um, in the context, especially of like an intimate relationship? Mm. So, I mean, shadow work, I would say are perspectives, ideas, behaviors that we've either inherited or developed that are like maybe dysfunctional coping strategies as a result of the things that happened to us when we were young or things that didn't happen for us that show up in the crucible of relationship. So I believe that one of the main spiritual purposes of relationship in general is for us to be a rock tumbler for each other and like create a safe enough space where we can own our shit and try to let certain things go and be a better version of ourselves and of Mm -hmm. service to the other, other person as well as taking care of ourselves. So I would say that shadow work is anything that gets in the way of that goal. You know, so I'll give you some personal examples. Like for me, I was someone who kind of had to raise myself as well as a younger sibling. There was a lot of neglect in my home. So I became pretty hyper independent, but also wasn't seen or appreciated that much. And so I can have in my shadow a lot of attention seeking and other types of trauma that I've had young the type of attention that really gets me off is like sexualized attention. And so those are things that can show up in the context of both our relationship, but also in our work where I might've had like blinders on to the ways in which uh, the opportunities for both of us to do sex work were out of balance for a period of time where like, I was like kind of more self-centeredly focused on like, the clients who wanted to come see me or me getting to work. And like, you know, Cameron had to call me in about that stuff, you know, and in different ways I've had to change my behavior or learn to do things differently. So because my intention is to have in a relationship that's based in love, respect and equity, and that's required change on my part. You know, and sex work, I think, is just what it does is it turns up the volume (laughs) on all of that stuff that's there anyway. You know, I mean, what would you say some of the shadow that you've faced? I mean, I think for me, you know, if we're going back, you know, as Riley was saying, a lot of a lot of our shadow comes from times when we were younger and we didn't really have a pulse. We were just trying to navigate life and figure out how to be an adult And so then once we become an adult, it's, you know, is, it is necessary for every single adult to look at the ways in which they are behaving, look at the ways in which they're showing up in the world and know that it's not perfect, but like, how could we make it a little better? How could we look back at some of the things, though some of them are terrifying, some of them are you know, disturbing, 
but saying, you know, because this X, Y, Z thing happened to me, I behave in this way. And I don't want to do that anymore because I want to evolve and I want to be a better person. And maybe nobody taught me how to do that. Um, a personal example for me is I grew up in a family that um, it was a, a wide extended family um, where I had lots and lots and lots of people in my childhood home, um, multi-generational, lots of cousins, lots of siblings. And um, I didn't have a sense of individuation. I was seen as like a part of a pack, a part of a herd, if you will. And so my, now that I'm an adult, I often still am unable to see the ways in which I am valuable as an individual. And it's taken a lot of time. And, you know, sometimes I don't tweet that much about myself. Sometimes I don't, I can't recognize the ways in which I'm valuable to other people. And, and I also, on top of that, when I am told by clients, friends, other poly partners, whatever, you're really awesome. You're really beautiful. You're really this or that. I like can't take it in. Like, you know, it feels like I have armor on or something and it's not Mm. because I don't want to take it in, but it's been an ongoing practice for me. And so getting to do sex work alongside just my regular life has really helped me to open up more and be like, yeah, cool. People think I'm awesome for being just the individual human being that I am. And it doesn't always have to be alongside Riley. Like there's people who seek me out because they think I'm cool by myself. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's required a lot of devotion from Riley to be like, why are you hiding? Why are you not putting yourself out there more? Like you're really cool. And literally no client has ever said like, that was a terrible time. I don't ever want to see you again because it's usually the opposite. opposite. (laughs) It's usually the opposite, but I, I sometimes still have a hard time believing them. And that's just something that I'm still working on. Yeah. And this, and this is also a place where like those two topics can kind of dovetail for us and either create challenges or strengths in our relationship. Like, like I will put forward a lot of energy in promoting myself and then, you know, I'll get more clients. Cameron maybe isn't initially inclined to do that. And so it generates this imbalance, which could create some resentment or some challenge in our relationship. But then we can talk about it and say, okay, like, well, here, let me, let me promote you. Let me, because it's hard for you to see yourself. Let me try to communicate to other people like how awesome you are, because I know you very deeply, and I also know you as a sex worker as well. And trying to like equalize that a little bit more, which has been an imperfect process as well. But um, once the shadow, I mean, this is the thing. It's like shadow can only perpetuate itself when it's unseen. You know, when you shine a light on it and you're honest and you can own it and you're in a loving container that you've created in a relationship where you can have conflict and someone can mirror to you some of the things that might be a little harder to see about oneself like that, that Mm. creates the possibility for change. And I think that's true for any kind of like any kind of relationship, whether it's a friendship or a partnership, romantic or otherwise. But as I said, like, I think working together, 
and working together in work that's like very intense in a certain way. Like this, this is a very charged form of work. It, uh, it brings all of that to the forefront very quickly, you know, and you either face it or you don't. And in our case, if we hadn't, we would probably be broken up and yeah, we wouldn't like, be working together, doing yeah. a desk job again. Yeah. We, right, right. there's a friend, uh, a spirit worker, friend of ours in new Orleans, um, was talking about more about the spirit of new Orleans, but I think this applies he said, you know, this is this is a place that it, it, it shows you all your shit and you either face it or it consumes you. And that's very true about New Orleans as a place. It can be beautiful, but it also could, could be very painful. But I think that's true about relationship as well. It's like you either sh- you either face it or the dysfunction continues and it continues to corrode things from the inside or you face your own stuff individually and collectively and emerge <clears throat> ideally as a stronger as a stronger whole you know mm. with a w <laughs> it's amazing how um, or an H. I mean, I, I mean, it, or it an H. Go, it, it could go both ways. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. It's can. a it, it's a hole if you don't face it. <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's right. Sorry, Brady. Go ahead. I cut you off. Oh, it's just amazing how when people are doing work on themselves, and I I really love and appreciate everything you just said because you know we can lock ourselves up and be um, impenetrable, not not close to anyone, and safe with all of our stuff intact. Or we open ourselves into a relationship, yeah, Mm. Um, into relationship with other people, whether it's long-term relationships, whether it's poly relationships, whether it's relationship with clients and sex work, everybody at some point has the capacity to hold the mirror up to you and go, Mm -hmm. hey, um, you know, you're a little, you get a little defensive when I give you, when I ask you this, this thing, like maybe you can work on, on your defensiveness or they say it in a way that's not, not as uh, friendly (laughs) and encouraging. And you go, fuck, this is going to be a thing forever. I've, I've been in multiple relationships and I'm having multiple people call this shit on me. So I can't just bail on this person because I don't like the way that they're seeing this like negative side of me and pretend I could cut them out and pretend that it doesn't exist. Or I could go, and do the work, the hard work on myself, um, which is uncomfortable and unpleasant. Um, but at the same time, I can feel really grateful to my partner for pointing it out and telling me because they think that there's something I can actually do about it that will make not only their life a lot easier, but probably mm-hmm. make my life a lot easier, mm-hmm. not just in this relationship, but in my <clears throat> whole life. Cause you know, yeah. one of one of my favorite sort of sayings is like, "The way you do something is the way you do everything." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, or uh, wherever you go, there you are. Yeah, 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 mm. exactly. And so, yeah. Um, for anyone listening to this, I, I find a really nice practice when when doing my own sort of, although I never called it shadow work, but when I'm working on my own sort of shadowy self, is um, to 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 say things to myself to my defensiveness let's say um thank you you were a coping mechanism designed to keep me safe at one point in my life and you're you're no longer relevant 
for this situation and for the life that I want to lead. So, um, honoring that those Mm -hmm. defunctional, Mm -hmm. um, um, coping mechanisms for the purpose that they did serve at one point and, uh, and grace graciously allowing your people to hold mirrors up to you. Yeah. It's a great gift. If someone can do that in a skillful way, Mm-hmm. that doesn't generate further defensiveness or strife, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's <laughs> at the beginning of the interview, I don't know if we were recording or not, but you know, y'all are in Canada and we are in the United States and, you know, us politically and socially, we're witnessing, you know, deep polarization and uncertainty mm-hmm. and anxiety and tension. And much of that stems from the in- what I would call the inability to stay which is to like the inability to sit and listen with, a, with an open heart to someone else's experience and to like monitor your body, monitor your defensiveness, uh, take responsibility for it rather than reacting or lashing out. And that's the case in any relationship, whether it's on like an individual or a collective level. And, um, yeah, we've just got... I mean, we're going to do couples therapy right after this. <laughs> like, we're going to get off and talk with you and go do couples therapy. You know? <laughs> the work Amazing. is never finished. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Cam and Riley, where can... Um, I, I mean, is is it is it kosher for me to say? Where can people find you? Yeah. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. All right, yeah. Where can people find you and, and see what you're up to um, and follow along? Um, we're, our, our main website is Girlfriends Experience plural so g-i-r-l i can't even spell out loud girlfriends <laughs> with an s experience pdx.com that's our main website which should link you to both our twitters and instagrams mm. um mine is cam b pdx on instagram and cameron b pdx on twitter and on twitter mine is riley delacroix that's spelled R-I-L-E-Y-D-E-L-A-C-R-O-I-X and then the number one that's that's for Twitter Riley Delacroix one and then for Instagram it's just Riley Delacroix and um, you know we change content on there we add you know pictures and thoughts and a variety of other things I mean these podcasts as well as Twitter and Instagram in particular are ways for people to get to know us a little bit more personally um, beyond kind of what we write about ourselves. So I think that that, that stuff is important as well because we're evolving. We're, we're also evolving. And, um, you know, we thank clients anonymously on there. We talk about, I don't know, we, we, we riff. You can get to know us. And that's, that's cool. our goal is to develop intimacy with people, even if it's just for an hour, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And you're welcome to link this stuff in your show notes if you do that we as will. well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, do, we definitely will. Um, this has been really nice to sit down and get to know the two of you. Um, thank you for, for sharing everything that you did. And uh, yeah. yeah, it means a lot. Thanks a lot. Cool. Yeah. Thank you both yeah, as well.
And there you go. That's uh, that's that. I uh, hope you enjoyed our chat with those two lovely folks down south of the border. Um, and uh, listen, if you enjoyed that and you want more, um, more content uh, and really specific content, like just pictures of butts, you can follow us on Instagram at Turn Me On Podcast. <laughs> Um, and if you actually, if you want more content like that or more visual content, you can follow us on Patreon, patreon.com slash turn me on, uh, where we are recording our intros to all of these episodes and into the future. Um, we have a lot of fun it's with that. It's been really fun. It is fun. I love it. I, I really do love it. It's great. I really love it too. And I, I feel like, I don't know if, if many of our patrons are joining us over there and, and actually they are watching, but yeah. I, yeah, I feel watching. like, I feel like this is how I would like to listen to my podcasts. If I, Same. if I subscribe to more of them, Honda, Honda see P. the person it's fun to talking see, to yeah, me. Yeah. It's fun to see it. Um, also just so you know, our Patreon, there's merch over there as well. We've got a couple people receiving some of their merch this month, uh, some t-shirts going out and, uh, and a couple of other things. So, uh, again, patreon.com slash turn me on, go check it out. Uh, and if you want to be a, some, uh, some of our, some of our patrons have gotten like several of our merch items. Mm. Uh, Molly, I'm talking to you. I would love to see them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, like just, Patreon fulfills these. So if you, if you got, if you got one, oops, if you got one of our things, um, send us a, chuck, send us a photo. Chuck it up I'd on, chuck it up on your social media. We dare you. If you, if you want to yeah. take a risk and show the world that you listen to this smut. Um, uh, and Hey, if you want to be a part of this smut, uh, turn me on podcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up there or reach us on our uh, website, turn me on podcast.com slash contact. And, uh, we're always looking for new guests. We're always looking for new, interesting stories and, uh, or recommendations for people that you'd love to hear on the show. So, uh, hit us up there. And I think, I think that's it for this week until next week. Oh, did I cut you off there? Uh, I mean, uh no, I just thought we changed that because I was like, I don't want that line anymore. But you can have that line, or we can just get rid of the line. I'm not. I am not getting rid of that line. I think You're everyone. I think line. everyone in the world should go fuck themselves at least once a day, unless unless you're fucking somebody else. Unless you have other plans. So that's what my dad used to say. Have a great day, unless you have other plans. That's so go fuck yourself. Unless you have other plans. <laughs> All right. Yeah, great. All right. Well, that's how this podcast ended today. <laughs>
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.